Welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with you as always. And in today's show, I'll be previewing the rookie wide receivers for Dynasty Fantasy Football in 2023 and beyond. This is the third edition of the rookie preview episodes. Next week, it's tight ends. And then after that, the draft and the draft recap. And after the NFL draft ends, after everybody has been selected to a team, I will give Dynasty rookie rankings and I will evaluate each of the landing spots for fantasy football and give my true rankings for these guys because it's hard to rank them when we don't know where they're playing just yet. But we will know where they're playing in just a couple of weeks. The draft day is always one of the most fun days of the year. Love watching the draft, seeing where guys go and all the surprises. And I'm sure we're going to have a ton of them again this year. So be sure to follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at SGF pod for the podcast and podcast updates. Second and goal fantasy at gmail.com is where you can send your fantasy questions and all that lots of stuff to talk about this time. It's receivers. So there's a few receivers here at the top. I would say this is an interesting receiver class over the last few years. I'll start off by saying this, that as the game has become more and more pass focused. These receiver classes have been getting better and better. And we continue to have so many elite receivers enter the league each year. Given the classes that we've had to compare to in the past, I don't think this is going to be like a class with the Jamar Chase or the, the the Justin Jefferson class with all of those other guys, like 50 million receivers going in the first round. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of guys. And I think there are this potential that we have a couple of really top flight players coming out of the draft. But for this year's draft, I would say it's not as deep in terms of wide receivers, at least in my eyes. Like, I don't think there's like a ton of different guys like there usually are who are going to all break out at once and all be incredible in the league. Like, I know we had that one year with the Jerry Judy, CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, T Higgins class. Like that year was just insane. Doesn't always happen like that. And so it's going to be a very good receiver class overall, but maybe not quite as good as some of the ones we've seen in recent years. But compared to some in the more... more in the past it's definitely still a great receiver class so i'll be running down the rankings on pro football network giving my thoughts on each of these guys the wide receiver one and this has really been decided ever since last year it's jackson smith and jigba out of ohio state in 2021 we all saw him in the rose bowl i mean we were rick harrett wilson chris olave those receivers at ohio state those are the guys who got attention but he came out there and was just dominant throughout the entire game and it feels like even though we didn't see him much this year he was injured cj stroud relied on guys like marvin harrison jr instead because he was out with that hamstring injury in 2022 it felt like he was cemented in being the top receiver in this class because he is really the most complete receiver out there maybe the best prospect in the last two years in terms of guys at receiver and he can is a guy who just can rack up he can make big plays and just is excellent excellent in terms of precision and route running and getting open and getting out of the way off of defenders and catching a ton of passes. So half PPR PPR, that's a guy who's going to be a gem, but even in standard leagues, he'll rack up a ton of yards in the NFL. He is a fantastic, especially as a route runner and really just an incredible prospect, not too much to hate here. I mean, the hamstring injury obviously was difficult for him to deal with and he missed most of the season, but As long as it doesn't linger, I think he should be absolutely fine heading into the NFL. 
Um, the other guy that's been getting a lot of attention, there's actually been really two other guys that get a lot of attention at the very, very top of the rankings. It's uh, Quentin Johnston. And actually, Quentin Johnston was at, out of TCU. And he has, th- this is a class where there's not a lot of size. I think there's a lot of guys, especially later in the uh, rankings that we go down, who don't necessarily dominate you with size. But Quentin Johnston does. He's six foot three, 208 pounds, was great in Big 12 play. And he... Overall, is just a physical guy. He, again, like you don't see many corners in terms of his frame and those contested catch balls. He's always fantastic at and gets a lot of yards after the catch as well, which is huge. That profiles a lot like an A.J. Brown type of guy, at least in terms of that specific trait. Uh, the weaknesses, main one listed in this article and in most out there in terms of drafts is drops. Um, overall, it's just the, this one attributes it to a lack of concentration. Other articles could attribute it more to the technical aspects, of course, catch of catching the football. But as long as he can get those rectified, as long as I mean, you got to see the ball in your hands, be able to secure it. If it's not the hands that are the problem, it's more just the concentration. That's much more of an easier fix for Quentin Johnson. So that's what you would hope it would be. And he's going to be a first round pick along with Jackson Smith and Jigba. There are a lot of teams starting in like the teens, I I would say, that could take a shot on either of them. And also this guy, the wide receiver three, Jordan Addison out of USC. This is he's ranked this way in the article could easily be a uh, first round pick and probably will be. He was injured for part of this year. He still did play, but with Addison, he's not like a blazing speed guy, but he's looks fantastic on film. And what was interesting is initially, I know, remember when Jordan Addison was running his 40 back at the NFL combine, people were freaking out because the time came in at like four, six or something turned out to be completely wrong. His uh, one of his times was ended up being four, four, nine. So he is, I mean, he accelerates quickly off the line too. And so he's able to get open. So the fact that he doesn't have not blazing speed is fine. Like four, four, nine is a very, very solid time for a guy like him. Who's just an elite route runner. He does. There's a potential that he's not as physical in terms of struggling against press coverage. A lot of those corners who can chip guys off the line, but he does have a good release and does accelerate well. So if he can play physical and play smart and get separation early off the line, I think he'll be fine nonetheless. So a good guy as well to have. Like I mentioned, size has been an issue for a lot of these guys. Addison's 5'11 and 173 pounds and doesn't like run super fast in terms of straight line speed. But I think that's going to be one of those concerns that really looks overblown when we look back at it, because a guy like Devontae Smith, we saw come into the NFL with even weighing even less than that or around the same as what Jordan Addison weighed and playing just fine. The wide receiver four here, this is just a guy who's Mr. Production, Mr. Receptions, just racking up a lot of catches and being reliable. It's Zay Flowers. And this article compares him to Chris, the Chris Olave of drafts. I like that a lot because Olave is a guy who was just like a solid receiver coming out of Ohio State. Maybe not num- number one guy on a ton of boards. I guess he was the first receiver off the board, though. Or was he? I'm trying to remember. I, I'm trying to remember if he was the first off the board because there were actually a lot. It might have been Jamison Williams. There were a lot of guys who... um were picked in like that 10 range last year in the NFL draft. I'm going to look that up to make sure, see where Chris Olave ended up going. But the point being, he had just a ton of receptions. He would have games with, he would get double digit targets pretty consistently. And that's just a guy you can get open, rely on both as a security blanket and as a short to intermediate playmaker. So as I'm trying to pull up this draft tracker here, because I'm completely 
blanking on exactly who went first because I know Olave obviously when come coming into the league he went in that early teens spot and so did guys like Jamison Williams as well but um I'm not sure why it's not pulling it up I'll wait for it to load come back to it later but Overall, the point being, Zay Flowers out of the ACC was the best receiver in that conference. And again, just racked up a ton of receptions, over 1,000 yards this year, six games of 100-plus yards. And coming out of Boston College, not a college that you really think of producing a ton of NFL guys. But, I mean, in this case, uh, Zay Flowers is really going to be very solid. I I guess he could easily be more of a first- or second-round pick, but I think he comes in and is fantasy-relevant, maybe as a wide receiver three or wide receiver four in year one. So in looking it up, it was actually, I'm not remember this now, Drake London went number eight, Garrett Wilson went number 10, Olave was number 11, and Williams was number 12 last year. So Olave wasn't the first off the board, but he was right around that area where wide receivers were really just starting to fall. And that's kind of the comparison that this article gave, just because Zay Flowers could be going under the radar, but just comes in and becomes a solid producer. I think he has a very, very solid floor in the NFL. Uh, the number five receiver in this article is Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. He continued to produce. I mean, we know Oklahoma's offense is always so good in the Big 12, but Marvin Mims, even after losing Caleb Williams and having Dylan Gabriel instead, was still fantastic with Oklahoma. He made a ton of big plays. He had only 54 catches, but over 1,000 yards. So he would just get deep balls, go down the sidelines. He was excellent on those streak routes, just sprinting down the sidelines. He can make big plays down there. He's also 5'11", 183 pounds, so definitely another smaller guy. But he's accelerates fast, is speedy down the sideline, and it's going to just be a question of whether he can be a truly complete receiver because 438 40-yard dash, that's excellent. But he was arguably, I mean – the 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 concern that this article lists is that he just didn't run a wide variety of routes in terms of he would run a lot of those deep routes he would run a lot of explosive plays but if he doesn't have it wasn't necessarily that Marvin Mims looked bad running routes but it was maybe was that we didn't get to see him as much running a lot of those technically inclined routes with where footwork is so much more key so that's the one thing that's a little concerning. And I think that means he has a little more bust potential than a lot of these guys we already talked about, just because we see guys often with speed heading into the NFL and the teams get enamored with speed. They draft for speed and they become like a Mecole Hardman or a Jalen Rager, something like that. So something to keep an eye on. Again, it wasn't like he looked bad at that on film, but that is a sort of red flag that could mean that Marvin Mims is kind of a boomer bust pick in year one and for dynasty. Rest of the guys in the top 10, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee at number six. This is a guy, I mean, you're drafting him for college production because, I mean, you're drafting all these guys for college production, but some of them more for their physical characteristics than others. But Jalen Hyatt was racking up yardage. Hendon Hooker's clear number one wide receiver. He was really, really good at Tennessee. And the question is, who was it? that really carried the offense. Was it Hyatt hooker or the coaching staff or the offensive line? But Jalen Hyatt has a case to be up there. And I like him a lot. Josh downs out of UNC, also a very solid receiver. Rashi rice out of SMU is number eight here. Jaden Reed at number nine on Michigan state and Keishon booty from LSU at number 10. Other guys like Xavier Hutchinson, Cedric Tillman, Parker, Washington, Nathaniel Dell out of Houston is an interesting receiver who's ranked further down. All of these guys could be interesting. Rakeem Jarrett from Maryland as well. But there's not like those once you get down into that range, there's definitely low potential for any individual of those guys to really break out. I feel like at the end of the day, there's probably going to end up being 
three really, really good receivers from Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, and Jordan Addison. I think Zay Flowers is going to be consistently productive in the NFL, maybe like Tyler Boyd type of production in the NFL. And then Mims, very boomer bust, and Jalen Hyatt, I think, will produce as well. And we'll have some of these other guys have moderate roles on their teams, but not necessarily break out in a huge way. So that wraps up the episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Next time, it's tight ends. We probably won't have as much to talk about in that episode because there's not as much t- many tight ends who are fantasy relevant. Keep an eye out. That's coming out next week. And then the Dynasty Rookie Rankings after the draft. Can't wait for it. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, be sure to email at secondgoalfantasy.gmail.com. Follow on Twitter at SGFpod and at Calvin underscore SGF. Thank you all for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.